Okay, welcome everyone. Baruchim Abayim. Thank you all for, for joining us tonight, today, wherever you may be. Um, a couple of announcements before we begin today's very exciting shiur. Uh, our new membership curriculum will be released in a few weeks' time, so make sure to, to stay tuned for launch. Secondly, we, we are very pleased to say we are working with Sepharia uh, to get more classical Sephardic works onto their already amazing platform. Chacham Ben Amozeg's Em Lamikra was recently um, added, and we are getting on. We're getting other works added there soon, hopefully. Um, so we're very pleased about that. Uh, focusing on tonight, I think it's always a huge pleasure to have Rabbi Tzach Berdugo give us a shiur. He needs really no introduction. Uh, he is such a core component of the Chabura and everything it is that we, we stand for and we're looking to promote. Uh, nevertheless, for the, the new attendees and the new listeners, um, Rabbi Berdugo is Rosh Kolel of the Balhaba Kolel in Miami and founder of the Institute of Sephardic Halakha. He received semicha from Rabbi Liao Ben Chaim, Rosh Hashiva Mekor Chaim, and Rabbi Yochanan Moshe Zweig. Um, he's currently working towards his Dayanut qualifications where it's Chemda and the Montefiore Endowment. I think tonight's topic is about whether Gezerot of Chazal can, can expire and become obsolete when the reason is no longer relevant. I think it's one of those, one of those topics that always pops up on our on our WhatsApp discussion groups and forums every few months. Um, so it's about time we, we sort of address it head on, and I'm sure it won't be the last we hear about it. Um, but I'm sure the shiur today will, will lay the groundwork and, and establish the, the facts and the, the different opinions for further study and, and discussion. Um, tonight's shiur should be for the refuah of, of Rachel Kelly Bat Mesoda, who is undergoing surgery. Um, and yeah, I think that's the that's all for me now. Bechavod Rav, all yours. Looking forward. Thank you so much, Thank you, Avi. So as you mentioned, yes, it's just going to be laying the groundwork for this extensive topic. Um, this topic is extremely important because, as most of you know, nowadays most of the things we do are derabanan. Of course, there are many mitzvot deoraita that we can fulfill every day. But if you were to actually make a chart of it on your daily life of what you're doing, even on Shabbat, during the day, almost everything is on a rabbinical level. So it's very important to know, do we have to keep certain laws? Do we not have to keep certain laws? Why do we have to keep these laws? Rabbinical law is really the foundation of Judaism nowadays. So this topic, as you mentioned, is extremely, extremely important. And to begin off, we're just going to start off with what is the, the koah of the Din. I'm sure this is uh, fundamental to, uh, or already known to a lot of people here, but we'll just take a little dive at it. Uh, beginning with the Pasuk in Devarim, So Hashem's telling us that on this certain place, which we know is Yushalayim, which Hashem chose, we have to follow whatever the Hachamim teach us, the Sanhedrin. Um, and of course, we can't deviate from it left to right. Okay. So there's an interesting background uh, between Harambam and Haramban regarding what is the Isur of Lot Hasur. If we do not follow their rulings, there is an Isur of, you know, deviating from their rules. So according to the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah, I'm not going to read everything inside, I'm just going to recap outside. The Beidin in Yerushalayim, which is the Ikar Torah Shabalpeh, says in Sifrimit Mitzvot, says the Rambam, 
אזת ויזהירנו יתברך מעבור דבר מכל מה שתיקנו אותו או גזרו ועמל לא תעשו. So we, every single thing that the Chachamim did, whether it's Takanot, Gezerot, Minhagim, we have to follow it, and if we do not follow it, there is an Isur from the Torah. Um, let's see. So yeah, so he even expounds in the, in the Hilchot Mamrim, which is the famous, uh, um, which is the famous place where the Rambam really codifies all these laws, and he, he writes down there, Oh, I should share my screen, Michila, I'm sorry. Share screen. Okay, yes. So, so in the Hilchot Mamrim, here he says that this is regarding anything that the right? Using the different methods that the Hachamim received on how to doresh the Torah, how to expound the Torah, or things that they seem fitting in their eyes. or things that are sayag for the Torah, fences for the Torah that they made, all these things, all these things are a positive mitzvah to follow them, and an isur if you do not follow these things. So, interesting background. The, the Rambam, he, he only mentioned Beitin HaGadol Shebirushalayim, right? Which is specific on the Pasuk talking about the, the Makom in that place that we mentioned above. So the Sifri actually says, Somebody who is a Zaken Mamre, somebody who is a, how do they say, rebellious uh, elder who goes against the Beidin, of course he's Hayav Mita, but that only happens if he's going against a ruling from the Beidin in Yerushalayim, in the Makom, and specifically in the Beit HaMikdash, the Lishkat HaGazit. But let's say once the Beidin moved to Yavne, they wouldn't be Chayav. So it's uh, the Nosekilim on the Rambam, they seem much more also that the Rambam perhaps is holding this, that it's real, the official power of an Isur Deoraita to, to go against the Beidin and the positive mitzvah following the Rabbanan is perhaps only in the, uh, the Beidin Agadol in Yerushalayim, not anywhere else. And we know for many hundreds of years, The Beidin were in Galut outside of Yerushalayim, outside of the, the, the Lishkat HaGazit. There's also, I brought in here the Maganit Taba, where he actually expounds upon this, saying that, yes, it could be from the Rambam, it's only the Oraita, like we just mentioned, in the, in the Hamakomahu, in that specific place. Um, anywhere else, you still have to follow them 100%, but you don't get that Isur. Um, okay, now the Ramban, the Ramban, he argues with the Rambam, and he says that, It, it can't be that you're going to be chayav to follow them and get the Mitzvah Deoraita or the Isur Deoraita for everything that the rabbi said. He breaks it down to three different categories. Here he says, the Lot Asur only comes from things things that they are explaining the exact Sukim in the Torah in a certain way, then you get the Isur Deoraita if you don't follow them. And those Perushim, right? using Gezer HaShavah, Binyan Av, and all the other 13 Midot that the Torah is expounded upon. Fine. Or other things that it's they're, they're the implications that they learn the Torah from the Torah, how they understand the Torah, that they're perush on the Torah. Those are things, or halakha lemoshim isinai, those are things which is a ikar tor shabalpeh. That's where you get a lot of if you don't follow them. However, gezerot and takanot that the chachamim did later on, you do not get the isur of lot Rather, you just get 
He says, Samach Be'alma. They use the Lot Asur, but you don't really get the Yisur from the Torah. And then the third categories are things that the Hachamim uh, enacted that they did, for example, but it's either Hachamim or the Nevi'im, which is Ner Hanukkah, Mikra Megillah, all these other mitzvot that don't really have any uh, Peshat in the Torah explicitly. So he says those, Already, it's just a, if it's a, it's a, it's a concept of following what our elders say, but not because of the din of Lot Hasur. So that's a little background on the different strengths of the Beidin. Could be according to the Rambam. It's only Mamash in Yerushalayim in the Beit HaMikdash. Everything else, it's not as strong. Um, but of course, it's still binding halachically. And according to the Ramban, it's limited to only certain things to get this Yisur, not all different takanot and, and minhagim, etc. that the Beit Din establishes. So now, what we really came in uh, came here for today is regarding the concept of a bitulat takana. If the hachamim were gozer something or mitaken something, do we still have to follow it? And before we get to even that, you have to understand that it could be can another, another later Beit Din nullify or undo what the previous Beit Din has done? So with that, before we get to actually annulling completely, we have to get to, can you mevatel a decree that was done by our predecessor, predecessors? So starts off in the Mishnah, in Ediyut, it says, why, the, the Mishnah says, why is it that the Mishnah mentions an individual against the Rabbim, against multiple opinions. So the Mishnah says, is because perhaps the Bedin, they decided to go to be Posek, like an individual, over the Rabbim, and to tell us that another Bedin cannot undo the Pesach of that original Bedin, which was based off the Yahid, unless, this is fundamental, unless the later Bedin is greater than them, in what wisdom and in numbers. We're going to see what does it mean to be greater in wisdom and numbers soon. The Rambam in Perush Mishnayot, he explains this, pretty much what I just said. And he tells us there, what does it mean, Gadol Bechokhmah? He says, The Gadol Bechokhmah Mimenu, Lomar Shir Roshi Shivat Zeh Abedin Hacham Meoto Shikadam. That the Bedin has to be greater in Chokhmah means the Av Bedin, the Rosh Bedin, the head of the Bedin, he has to be wiser than the previous Av Bedin. That's all you need. And later on, we're going to see what does it mean that the the uh, minyan as well, the numbers in quality and quantity, they have to be greater as well. So now, based off this Mishnah, the Rambam is Kosek in the Yad Hazaka in Hilchot Mamrim, that he says, Beit Din Shegazu Gezera Otiknu Tekana Binihu Binhag Upashat Davar Bechol Yisrael. So the Beit Din, they made a decree, and it spread amongst all of Am Yisrael, which is a very important uh, uh, factor for the Takana to be binding is that it actually spreads and takes uh, effect everywhere. People are following the law. We'll see. Actually, we're not going to mention it, but if it doesn't take effect, then it's automatically null and void that Gezerah. So if it would spread, I'm going to skip to the bold. Right? A later Beidin cannot undo it unless they're greater in, in, in wisdom and in number. And he says, this is critical for the class today, So even if the reason for why the Hachamim made this enactment, it is no longer valid anymore, it doesn't apply anymore, 
Nevertheless, the later Beidin cannot undo it unless they are greater than them. And now the Ramam explains, how could it be that you have a later Beidin greater than the previous Beidin? Because Halakha is, every Beidin has to be Shiv'im Ve'echad. Every Beidin is 71 people, elders. So he says, Right, so he's saying something interesting is that in order to, to, to be more in numbers, greater in numbers, is that every other hachamim, all the other hachamim around, uh, amongst Am Yisrael, they're on board with this gezerah. They agreed to this takana. So when you have a, a greater av beitin in Chochmah than the previous av beitin, and on top of it, you have more rabbanim on board with this new takana or undoing the takana, then the takana can be undone. So only with those two, those two criteria, according to the Rambam, is the only way to undo a, a takana a gezerah. Fine. And just a background information: what's the difference between gezerah and takana? In short, I think based off Perush this gezerah is something to prevent things from happening, and takana is order to to enable and to promote more mitzvot being done. And there's different, uh, well, we don't have to get into that now, but that's just basically what a gezerah and takana is. So, comes in the Ravad. The Ravad, this is the famous Ravad attacking the Rambam, saying, how could it be, why do you say that it has to be a greater bedin, has to undo the previous enactment? Could be, could be even a smaller bedin, not as great. Why? And he brings a proof for this. He says, if you look at the, the case in Itur Shukei Yerushalayim, Peperot, so we're going to see what that means, but pretty much in Yerushalayim, they would take fruits and put it all around Yerushalayim to make it beautiful. It says, that's a kasha, right? Because she arishonim tiknu, verebi Yohanan ben Zakai, bitela aharurban, right? So that was the takana that you have to, we're going to see what it is soon, that you have to actually bring the Kerem Reva'i, the fourth year fruits to Yerushalayim, so that the Yerushalayim will be beautiful, the, the marketplaces will, will, will look nice. However, Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai, he undid it, and this is crucial, after the Chorban Beit Amidash. And why? Because since the original reason was already nullified, therefore we're, he, he undid it. And says the Ravad, Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai was not as great as the previous of Bedin. So, Says the Ravad, Rambam, I'm sorry, but you have a previous Beitin, uh, a previous Beitin that was much greater than a later Beitin, and the later Beitin undid it since the reason did not apply anymore. So just background information is that Keram Reva'i, you have to have, you have uh, Orla for three years, and then on the fourth year, you would have to bring your, any produce to Yerushalayim, and pretty it would be like, it would be like Maaser, you would eat it in Yerushalayim, and uh, the Hachamim were mitaken that, any usually you could be poded. You can you can redeem your netarevi if you don't want to bring it to Yerushalayim. However, Hachamim said that if you live within a the travel of one day of to Yerushalayim, you can get to Yerushalayim within one day. And the Mishnah uh, tells us exactly the the borders for this. Then you would actually have to walk to Yerushalayim and eat it there. You cannot go and uh, just redeem it as you would usually do. And the reason is the Mishnah says kedel in order to beautify Yerushalayim, the marketplace of Yerushalayim with fruits. There's going to be fruits everywhere. looks glorious. It's beautiful. So therefore, Hamim said, you have to do it. You have to bring it to Yerushalayim. You can't take the easy way out and doing pidyon. And the Gemara brings a case to show that it was, that was the proof because Rabbi Yohanim Zakai, he annulled this takana.
So the Kesev Mishnah, he comes to defend Rambam, as he usually does. Kesev Mishnah is a Maran the Shulchan Aruch, Rav Yosef Cairo. So he says that the Kesev of the Ra'avad, the question of the Ra'avad, is not so clear because he wants to propose that Rabbi Yohanan Mizakai, even though he was he came later, he was actually better than the earlier the predecessors, the people who came before him, the Betin before him. And he says though, but there's a question on this, because if you he says the Intomar, if you want to say Shishom, we say Shimonim Talmidim Hayulol Hilalazaken, Hilalazaken had eighty Talmidim. And Gadol Shebikulan, who was the greatest of all of them? Yonatan ben Uziel. He was the greatest of all. Katan Shebikulan, the least of our, all these 80 Talmidim, was Rabbi Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai. He was the least of all of, the, all, all of all these Talmidim Hachamim. So, ah, sounds like here that he wasn't as great as Hillel and all the other great people before. So says the Kesev Mishnah, this is his own Hidush. He says, Dilma Katan Shebikulan, lo bechokmata Torah kamar ela b'shakar chokmatu. Uh, yeah, so he was only, he was smaller than them in other worldly knowledge, but not in Torah. In Torah, he was stronger, but not in other worldly knowledges. So, for example, he says, here's a proof, Teda, because we say that uh, the Rabbi Yohanan ben, ben Zakai, he didn't, he knew he knew so much Torah. He knew a lot of stuff. So for sure, he was uh, probably super great and even better than the people who came before him. Right? Only in other Chokmat... Ah, no, Michila. Right, sorry, Michila. So they're saying that... Uh, right, sorry. That he knew a lot of stuff. But in, in so they want to say in Chokmot, in other Chokmot he was uh, he was he was not as good, but in Chachmah of Torah he was just as great. So that's the Maran Beit Yosef, the the Kesed Misha, trying to bring a proof. And the proof he brings, right, that he became the Nasi in place of Hillel. He took the position right after Hillel, and therefore must have been he was greater than all other eighty students of Hillel. That's a beautiful proof, seemingly that he was great, and therefore there's no question, Ravad. Ravad, you try to say that uh, you know Rabbi Yohanan Zakai was not as great, and therefore Beitin later on can undo a previous Beitin, even if they're not as great. No, Rabbi Yohanan Zakai was greater than the previous generation, and therefore there's no proof. However, uh, thanks to Sefaria, I saw this Rav Yitzhak Nisim, and I know he's a, we're a big fan of him in the Habura, in his uh, in his shoot in Hatov. He actually brings down a question on Kesev Mishnah. He says. If you look at the Bavli in two different places, it's It's really hard to understand the Kesev Mishnah in this fashion, right? Because uh, it's straight up seeming there in those different Gemara. They didn't bring it here, but he quotes them. That it's clear that he was not as great as them, even in Torah. And on top of it, he brings a, a, a even harder kasha on, on the on the Kesev Mishnah, is that he was not the one that came right after Hillel to be the Avbeddin. You had, he brings down, you had... Uh, you had Shimon, the son of Hillel. You had, then you had Rabban Gamliel Azaken, Hillel. Then you had uh, the Shimon, the son of, of uh, Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel. And then, and then you, only in the last two, you had a, 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 between Rabban Gamliel Asheni and Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai. Then Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai took the, the spot. So the Kasha of the, of the, of the Kesev Mishnah, or the, the answer of the Kesev Mishnah, does not really work out because he was not taken he didn't take the seat right away 
there were other people that were greater even than Yohanan and Zakat. So, so far we still have the Ravad as a good question. How do we answer this? So, the Ram, uh, an, an answer for the Rambam is from the Lechem Mishnah. The Lechem Mishnah actually brings something beautiful, is that if you look at the Mishnah in Ma'asir Sheni, there it says, Misha, I'm going to bring the, read the quote, it's in the, the bolded part, Mishrabu aperot hitkinu, hitkinu shiyu nifdeh samuch lechoma. So even though we said there's a takana that you have to bring the fruits to Yerushalayim to make it beautiful, however, if there's so much fruits, then the hahamim said, no, you don't have to bring it to Yerushalayim. You can do the pidyon outside for the neta revai. And he says, the Mishnah says, And the original takana that they did, they made a stipulation. They said they can return it back to the original decree whenever they want. So it says the Lechem Mishnah is that since the came of the Takana, it was loose. It was sometimes you could do like this, sometimes you could do like that. So therefore, when there's no more Beit HaMikdash and we're not bringing the fruits there anymore, for sure we can kind of jump onto that Tanai that they made and therefore not have to bring the fruits to Revai. And therefore that's why Rabbi Yohanan Mezakai had the power to mebatel the Takana of a previous generation even though he was not as great. Right? So therefore, according to this Mishnah, and the Lechem Mishnah is answering, the Ramam has a beautiful proof. In the Ravad, after seeing this Mishnah, it's very hard to understand, because really the Ravad, uh, he didn't bring it, but according to this Mishnah, we see the Takana wasn't so strong, because there was a Tanai in this, in this, in this Takana of the Hachamim. Okay, so, so far, the Ravad did not propose that if the Gezerah is no longer relevant, we do not have to follow it anymore. He's still saying, of course, we have to follow it. However, if you have a later Beit Din that's not as great as the previous Beit Din, they can undo it. So that's all he's saying so far. However, we're going to see even more radical views that there is a case where Batel Tam, Batel Gezerah, and it's sound all over the place. And today I'm not trying to find a solution or an answer that answers up why yes, why no. But together we'll see the different examples that I could collect in the past day and, uh, and see if we can find maybe some you know, common ground in order to why these type of takanot don't apply and other ones do apply. And the truth is, it's a cholent. It's, uh, it's not so clear. I, there's so many questions on why this and I want not that one. But we'll see together. And let's see if, we guys, if anybody has thoughts, let me know. So I'm going to run through these examples. So number one, we have uh, Yom Tov Sheni for a dead person. Really? So it says like this in the Gaman Betza, Yom Tov Sheni Legabe Emet, Kechol Shaviu Rabbanan. So on the second day of Yom Tov, which we know it's all the Rabbanan, the rabbi said, since Hemamru, Hemamru, they said it's the Rabbanan, and they also said, but when a person dies, you can treat it as a regular, regular mundane day. You can do whatever you want for the dead person. You, can, you want to cut the clothing for it, you want to cut the asa, the adasim uh, for the dead person, which is something they would do back in the old days, you can do everything you want. However, says, But nowadays, that we have this evil Persian empire that will really persecute the Jewish people, we do not, we no longer allow you to do whatever you want on the second day of Yom Tov, because, as Tosova brings down Rashi, it says, because they're going to say, oh, you're doing work on Yom Tov Sheni, then you must do all work, even on regular Yom Tov. So therefore, Hahamim said, no, okay, forget about what we said. You're not allowed to do the work anymore. Uh, even You're not allowed to take care of the dead person on the second day of Yom Tov. So, says Tosafot, 
והשתה בזמן הזה שאין חברי מותר, ואין לומר שצריך מנחה להתיר אותו. תוספות קומזן, הוא אומר, nowadays, that we don't have these חברי, we don't have these evil people coming and telling us, oh, if you're doing this, you have to do everything. So therefore, says תוספות, since that doesn't apply anymore, therefore, we can go back to the original law, and therefore, we can take care of the dead people. And therefore, the second day of Yom Tov is considered hot, We can, we can do whatever we need for the dead, dead person. And he says like this. He says, uh, Therefore, uh, yeah, since the original reason was a, because of a certain concern, which was Mishum de Habarai, and therefore they're not around anymore, these evil people. Therefore, once the concern is gone, therefore the reason is gone, and therefore we could be mekel. This is important, we're going to talk about this later. It's about the exposed water. As we know in Hazal, they, were, they, they made a decree that you're not allowed to drink from exposed waters or certain liquids because perhaps a snake um, put some poison into it and they're going to drink it. It's dangerous. So now too, snakes were not the, the reason behind the snakes. It doesn't really apply nowadays or the reason behind the Mayim Giluin doesn't apply anymore because we live in certain areas and therefore we don't have to keep that anymore. Right? He says, This is crucial. He says, even though the Isur of drinking exposed liquids was a Davar Shebiminyan, which means Davar Shebiminyan means it was something that the Bedin Agadol enacted, they made. Nevertheless, since we don't have snakes around us anymore, we live in nice areas in Europe without snakes, therefore, we don't have to follow that rule anymore. And so to here, The reason that the Hamim said, we're not allowed to do Yom Tov, for the dead person, doesn't apply anymore. Therefore, we're not, we don't have to be choshesh for what they said. Fine, that's one case. Now, so now what about if a goy touches our wine? We know that from the Torah, you have yain nesach. If a goy, he does, uh, he um, libates our wine, it's prohibited from the Torah. And to do libation, it really just shifshuch. If they would shake it, that's already a libation. If it's an exposed uh, wine and they shake it around, it's forbidden from the Torah. Then we have the Rabbanan, I'm not going to get into that, but whatever. It says the Tosafot. He says something very radical. Even if a goy, he shakes the wine, that would not be a sur. He says... And he asked a question. Vim Tomar Kevin de Gazu al Nisu Chauvet Kohabim Havali Davashabiminyan, the Sarich Minyan Achel Hatiro. Right? So uh, I think uh, I'm learning it wrong, but I think uh, according to Sheikh Shuch, according to everybody, is not Tasur, only if it's actually Mamash, they actually do a libation to the wine. But the Hahamim, they said that even Sheikh Shuch shaking the wine is forbidden. And if the Tosavot says that, but ah, Sheikh Shuch, it's Davashabiminyan, Hahamim said it's Asur to do it, and therefore how can we allow it? says, Yesh Romar, check this out, Yesh Romar, Delo Gazru Ela Ala Minach Sechim, they only made this Gezerah on people that actually do these things, that they do the Sheikh, they're doing Nisuch, they're, they're doing libations of wine. Since nowadays, nobody's doing this anymore, and Europe, nobody's doing libations with wine, right, the most, maybe the Pope will just take some wine and sprinkle it for whatever, that's all they're doing, so therefore, we don't have to be Hoshesh, and therefore it becomes Mutar now, says the Balet Tosafot. And then he brings proof again. This is an interesting proof as well. There's another halacha. You're not allowed to do business with goyim on their holidays because perhaps 
they're going to go and think they're God, and you're causing a guy to do Abu'l-Zarah, to mention the name of his uh, false god. So he says, however, since Rava, there's a case in the Gemara, that Rava, he knew a certain guy, and he knew the guy was Erdachagoy, he was a good guy that, uh, regarding Abu'l-Zarah. So therefore he says, since I know this guy, he sent him a gift on, 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 uh, on a holiday for them, on one of the Yamin Tovim. He says, since I know, it's okay. And he says, doing business with Goyim on their holidays is a Dabar Shabiminyan. It's a Takana from the Chachamim. Or Gizera from the Chachamim. And look, he didn't need Rava in the Gemara. He didn't need another Beit Din to, to, to undo it. Right? Says Tosafot, is that sometimes. You know, we see the Hachmim made a Gezerah, but it didn't apply in all situations. On certain people it applied, on other people it didn't apply. So that's the one step we're going to see, that we're going to revisit this case again. Um, okay, he asked a question about Stam Yinam. However, you know, it's... Uh, How can we allow Stam Yinam, drinking wine, right? The Goy now, he did Shikshuktar wine. How can we allow it now? It's a sur because of, maybe we're going to come to marry their daughters. And that reason still applies nowadays, says the Tosafot. So therefore, ah, I'm stuck in my problem. Maybe what I said is not good. So he says, mm-hmm. So he says, no. The reason why by Stam they made it a sur where wine is prohibited more than other things because it's Goyish wine, or wine that was libated, is because it's even asur b'hana'ah. You can't have any benefit from it. You can't sell it and make money off of it. Whereas opposed to their bread and their oil, originally was only asur, only for eating, for consum- consumption, but not for selling. So he says, there it's different because there was more common. But nowadays, since the goyim, the, the people that do aborazara, they don't know how to do nisuch so well. Therefore, we're going to keep it. Let's keep it. Let's take it down a notch. Leave it at the level of bread and oil, or or like foods that goyim cooked, which is asur as well. So he says we're just going to make it prohibited to drink, but not to have benefit from it. So again, this is a clear case that Tosafot says the reason doesn't apply. So therefore, you're allowed to do it, or it doesn't become prohibited to have hanaa from stamina. And he says, You want to be machmir? Good for you, but you get a beracha. But that's not the halacha. Right? The Rambam, regarding the uh, sending gifts to Goyim, he also, right? Everybody, I'm sure, in the Chabura, we know Rambam is the famous guy, famous hacham, that batel tam lo bata gezera. We already read it before. But now, interesting, the Rambam is for sake of the Gemara, that it's a sulishloah doron likuti beyom edo. You're not allowed to send a goy. It's probably the. Um, the the version that's um fil- uh not filtered how do you say it uh, that was um okay whatever the uncensored censored thank you thank you <laughs> it was the version that's good but still goy biomedo ele inke nodalo sheeno mode beavodat kohavim he says so yeah it's true it's asur however if you know that this goy doesn't believe in avodat kohavim then you're allowed to send to him so the ramam also is making a qualification yes there is a gezera however it depends on the person if you know the goy is a good goy no problem. You can send it to him. Um, right, the Rosh, doing business with them as well. The Rosh, he says, Right, we, 
he, the Rosh was pondered by the Minhag, the custom, that how do we do business with Algoim? We pay their loan, we, we, we borrow money, we pay them money, etc. We buy stuff from them on their holidays. Right? So he, he brings from the Rashbam, in the name of Rashi, he says, since nowadays, since the, the, the Goim in his time, they do not do Abu Zarah, therefore they're not going to go and thank their God on that day. Right? This is according to, of course, the Shita that, that Christianity is not Abu Zarah. Of course, we know Harambam and other post hold that it is Abu Zarah. So, but this is according to the Shita of Rashi, that since nowadays it's not like how they were back in Baghdad or in Iran or wherever the, the Hahamim were, where they were mamash doing Abu Zarah. Nowadays they're just doing Christianity and that's not considered Abu Zarah nowadays. Fine. Um, right, so he says here, crucial, the Rosh. Because back then, so he wants to say also that the reason why you're not allowed to do stuff with them on their Yom Edam is because they were they were still a little religious. However, but nowadays that we know that they're not religious at all, these goyim, they're not doing Abu therefore you could be mutar as well. So a clear case again, the Rosh, part of the same school of Tosafot, they're saying, Batel Tam, Batel Gezerah. The Odi Shlomar, I mean, you don't, you don't have to say that it's Batel Gezerah completely, rather they're just, just saying that it applies in a certain place and it doesn't apply in other places. They're not saying it's completely annulled, it just doesn't apply everywhere. Okay, that's another answer. The Rivash, Rivash says something interesting. He says, I started to up. So he says, again, that the takana, the original takana, was dependent on certain places and certain people. So again, it's not just a blanket statement that Hachami made in its asur in every aspect. Rather, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And we see that's how Haram was posek. There was a gezera, but the Hachamim gave us that ability to kind of see where this Gezerah should apply and where should it not apply, right? Then we talked about this Gilui, which is the water that's exposed, the liquids that are exposed. So it says that Tosafot on the Gemara in Yoma, Ela Gilui, right? So he says that nowadays, uh, uh, he says, don't, don't say it's a problem because it's a Davar Shebiminyan and we're Mekel nowadays. He says, no, because that was only done. They only made this original takana in a place where you have a problem with the with uh, with exposed liquids because the snakes can come and, and touch it. And he says, um, right? Okay, let's continue. Fine. And the Gemara in Chulin, let's say, uh, let's see. Oh, the, the Rambam. We go to the Rambam. The Rambam here. If people who are following 100% Rambam, he doesn't give any kulot. Sounds like here, you know, you have to follow the halacha. And he says all the different liquids, and he doesn't give any exceptions to the rule. However, let's see, Maran Shulchan Aruch, people who follow Shulchan Aruch, says the Shulchan Aruch, Ve'achshav she'en nechashli mitzuyim b'neinu mutar. He says, he's going like the Tosafot. He says, nowadays, that nechashim, snakes, are not so common. Therefore, we are allowed to drink liquids that have been exposed. Right. So, I mean, there is what to say here regarding Sakana, that perhaps there's different things. You can say, that applies by regular Takana, but things Mishum Sakana, because of dangers, maybe not. But 
we already saw from the, the Tosafot that in the Rosh, they hold that, no, it's the same Takana. It doesn't matter why Hachamim did something, whether it's because of, you know, to help Jewish religious observance or Mishum Sakana, it's still a Davar Shebiminyan. And who cares? If this is allowed, then we can apply this concept to other things as well. And that's what the Baret Tosafot did. Whereas some want to make a difference. In Maran, sounds like there's no difference. Let's see. Maimaharunim. Everybody knows the reason why you have to do Maimaharunim is because there's two reasons, but the main reason we know is because of Melech Sedomit. They have a certain type of salt from Sedom that could uh, be dangerous for people if they put it near their eyes, etc. So therefore, we have to wash. And Hachamim didn't make a Berachat for it because, specifically because it's Mishum Sakana. And Maran, uh, the Tosafot as well, he says, Right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So he says nowadays that Melech Sedomid is not around us, therefore we don't do Maim Maharunim, right? I think, I think that's the Yaki custom. The Germans nowadays they don't do Maim Maharunim, a lot of people as well. And I think in Moroccans the women don't do it, but the men do it because of Kabbalah, etc. But that's a, a, a big reason. And it says in Or Chaim Shulchan Aruch as well, he says, but The Maran brings that as an opinion. He brings as a, it's a, it's a Manda Amar that he says that some say we don't do Maim Maharunim nowadays. Fine. Shabbat. This is a very interesting halacha that Hahamim said that you, there are certain things that women are not allowed to go outside, men as well, but women, but we're going to focus on the women part. They're not allowed to go on certain things because maybe they're going to go they're going to go and show all their friends hey look at my new this or look, look at that and they're going to take it off and they're going to come to carry in the Shudar Abim so says Tosafot he says in the name of Rabbi Nusar Shalom that so only things that people show each other right sorry he says only women that are normally that have are accustomed to show things off to other people that's going to be a problem however Women that are not noheg are accustomed to show off their things to other people. He says, "Vinashedidan." In our women nowadays, they're not so showy and they don't show off their jewelry to each other. Therefore, it's going to be okay. Right, so again, there's a takana from the hachamim. Women are not allowed to go with certain jewelry in their shudarabi, but women do go nowadays. And one of the reasons is because it's tosafot. He says nowadays women don't go and take it off and show off to other people, right? And this is something that I think everybody follows nowadays. Uh, the Maran and Shulchan Aruch, he brings it down. He says, uh, he brings different reasons why maybe perhaps nowadays, he's trying to do a melamed zechut of why nowadays women are going out with their jewelry, even their shetels, let's say, according to the Gemara too, they can go out with the shetel more than the hakser. They can go to the Rishut Rabim with, with their shetel, let's say. So he says, is that because perhaps maybe there's no Rishut Rabim nowadays, Right? This is a very controversial halakha. People want to learn from here that Maran held there's no Rishut Rabim. Others say, no, it's just a Melamed Zichut. And then the, the Ramah brings down what we just read, is that nowadays women do not go and show off to each other. And therefore, there's like a Lemichash. There's no reason to be concerned. Fine. So that's another example where Takana is not being practiced because the reason does not apply anymore. Um, right. So now the Ritva on this on this halacha, he brings down these words in bold. He held, where did they get this from? It's hard to know exactly, but these are the Rishonim, the great Rishonim, saying that this Gizra was according to their time. The mitzut of the women, they were like this, and therefore they made this takana. But nowadays, the women are not as showy, they don't do these type of things, so therefore it would not be a problem. Fine. 
famous case, Rikud B'Shabbat, dancing on Shabbat, music on Shabbat, right? It's a Gemara, it's a 100% halacha from the Davar Shabiminyan, from the Beit Dina Gadol. You're not allowed to uh, clap and, and, and hit yourself and dance to make music on Shabbat. All these things you can do. Mishneh Torah is posek, 100% without any exceptions. Not allowed to do it. Tosafot says nowadays, very fascinating halacha. Guys, what's the reason why you're not allowed to do this? Says Rashi, right, the Rambam as well. Because uh, perhaps, Shema Yitakin Klishir, you're going to actually, if you start making good beats and everybody starts dancing, your friend, somebody's going to go and take out and make a drum or make some type of uh, oud to start playing. Where's uh, Ohadir? He's going to start playing uh, the oud, and therefore it's a problem. Sorry, Asa. Um, so says the Tosafot. So therefore, nowadays, he says, shari. Nowadays, it's okay, we're allowed to dance and we're allowed to, uh, you know, uh, hit our hands, clap our hands and make music and, and make beats because only in their days it was actually uh, it was um, it was reasonable to make this gizera because they knew how to make instruments however nowadays nowadays nobody knows how to make these instruments so therefore there's no shaya, there's no reason to make this gizera so that's another example where Tosafot is saying explicitly we don't have to follow the takana anymore because it doesn't apply at the moment Fine. The Shulchan Aruch, he's also, he brings down, the, he's posek like the Rambam, there's no exceptions. However, the Haggah, the, 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 the Ramah, he does bring down the Shita of Tosafot, that it would be okay. And that's how a lot of Hasidim, etc., they're Noheg, even Sfaradim, they bring that on Simchat Torah, since we're doing dancing for the, the Kabod of Torah, we're not going to forget, you know, about uh, the Isur of making a Kli, therefore it wouldn't be a problem as well. All these different Kulot, based off really, of the time doesn't apply in this situation, and therefore it's okay to dance, etc. Right? There's a the big question is as why is Maran sometimes he's holding like the Baleto Sapochita, sometimes he's not, even the Ramah, sometimes he brings in the Shita, sometimes he doesn't. That's a separate question. Fine. Uh doing a eruv with a goy. We're really Hahami made a takana that if you are there's two Jews living in a in a courtyard and there's a goy neighbor you have to actually rent from him the area or you have to do something with him so that he he's, he can ruin your eruv. So you have to actually, um, he can be he can make it a sur for you to carry in your hatser. So he says, why is this? Why did Hahamim make the goy some manda amar? Why is he something here? He says, Hahamim made this reason. Why? Because they don't want us to live next to the goyim, and therefore we're going to learn from their their actions and their lifestyle. So Hahamim made this in order; they made this asur on the goy asur on us in regarding the hatzer. So like that we don't want to live next to goyim. So says the Ginat Viradim, which is Sfaradi Posek from from Egypt, very very famous Posek. He says something fascinating. He says, nowadays, us in Egypt, this Gezer doesn't apply. Because since the whole reason was in order to remove us from the Goyim, and since nowadays, even without this reason, we're already neighbors with Goyim. We we relax with them, we eat with them, we do everything with them. So therefore, there's no reason to have this Gezer. So that's another example where you even spotted Poskim. They're going with that same Shita of Batel Tam, 
it's not batel tam, but the tam doesn't apply in this situation. We don't have to follow it anymore. The hatam sofer, believe it or not, the Ashkenazi rab, he's saying no. He, he held on there. If you look at the Tishuvah, he's saying, no, well, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to be Mekel because it's a Devashi B'minyan. So you have, you know, it's all over the place here. Medicine on Shabbat. You're not allowed to have medicine on Shabbat. Why? Because this is a Gezerah also, Devashi B'minyan. Maybe you're going to come. Shema Yishok Hasamananim. You're going to come to grind herbs. And therefore, that's a Yisur Deoraita of grinding. And that's forbidden. Right? So if you look at some poskin. Rav the Tzitzel they hold that nowadays, for example, since not the average Joe knows how to make medicine, and we don't have that old, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, alternative medicine that they used to use. Rather, we have, you know, you have to get these special pills and Advil. No, nobody knows how to make an Advil. Therefore, you could be Mekel for pills. And the postgame uses as a Snifla Akel. There's many, many smarty postgame, everybody using this nowadays. So this is uh, another thing where you see the time doesn't apply. And therefore, we could be Mekel in certain situations. Right, uh, swimming on Shabbat. This is interesting, right? You're not allowed to swim on Shabbat. Why? You're going to come to make a boat. You're going to make a little craft boat out of some wood or float on. Yeah, whatever, a very makeshift boat. Says the Noda Yehuda. Says, Perhaps since nowadays we don't know how to make these boats, could be we can be, you know, there's there's room for what Tosafot says regarding all these other things that's, you know, dancing and everything. We don't. We don't make, we don't know how to make instruments. So too by here as well. So he wants to propose, perhaps yes, maybe uh, in the end he's not a clear hetter, but he's using his farah as well. Now another case for the Rambam, for the followers of the Rambam, the Rambam as well. The, it's a Gemara as well. The Gemara in Shabbat it says you are not mechabed to, to sweep your floor. It's forbidden on Shabbat, right? And uh, it's mishum shavut, shavut. The Gemara says it's because it's a derabanan. Why? Maybe you're going to come to actual. You're going to make the, the, the hole nice and even, and you're coming to fix your floor. You're doing Yisur on Shabbat. So he says, however, the Gemara says, In his city in Mehoza, he was actually sweeping the floor. And he says, why? What's the time? What's the reason why the Hachamim made this Gezerah? You're going to come to, you're going to seal the holes in the, in the floor. Wow, proof from the Gemara. That nowadays in Mehoza, they, they had much higher standards of living and they had nice marbled floor, no problem. Says Harambam, Posek Harambam, Says Rambam, you're not allowed to do it, but if your floor is nice and smooth, with a, it's, a, it's marbled, tiled, therefore you're allowed to. So you see a case from the Rambam as well that is Posek like the Gemara, that yeah, there's a Gezera. But if we know the time of the Gezerah and it doesn't apply in this situation, we can be Mekel. So it's very confusing the Shita of Rambam because at the same time he says not Batel, but at the same time here he's saying it is. Another case of the Rambam, the Murias. This is a, a famous type of fish food that they used to have and maybe add some vinegar. And back then, a lot of the vinegar was done with Stamienam, with wine from Goyim. So this, the Mishnah in Abu Dazara, it equates this Isur, just here in the bold, uh, it's one of the things that Murias and Givinot, even cheese, you know, everybody knows, Rabbi Yonatan uh, Alevi had a beautiful shir on Givinat Akum and the cheese from Goyim. This is up there, Murias in the Mishnah, if you just read the Mishnah without any Gemara, Murias, this type of dish, a fish dish, is forbidden because perhaps the Goyim, they put some non-kosher vinegar into it. So the Hachamim, the Varshid Bibinyan, they said it's a su to have it, right? But the Gemara, it says, you open the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanan, Murias, Uman Mutar. 
if it's from a uman, it's okay. Which means if it's a, a goy, that he, for whatever reason, uh, oh here it brings the cases. The Gemara says for whatever reason they don't add, they don't need to add the vinegar because the fish is not so fatty, it's or it's more fatty when it's fresh. Forgot the case exactly what it was. Therefore, it's not a problem to buy from them. Harambam in the Mishnah Torah. So he brings down, of course, Muriyas is asur. However, only when they put wine in it. However, he gives an exception based on the Gemara as well, that if the wine is more expensive than Muriyas, why would a Goy want to put something more expensive in the Muriyas? And therefore, it's going to be okay. And he says, This is a fascinating Rambam. That this is how we rule for everything. Anytime there's a chashash that the goy puts something not kosher in, any takana, any gezerah that the chamim said you have to be careful for, because maybe the goy puts something that's not kosher, he says it's going to be okay in a case like this when the forbidden item is more expensive than the other item. Why? Because he says, a person, a goy, is not going to put the more expensive some item in a cheaper item and therefore lose money. Right, but however, he would mix the cheaper with the more expensive in order to make profit. So therefore, you see the Rambam as well. He's posek that yes, murias is a davar shebiminyan. In the Mishnah, you just read it; they eat exactly like cheese, and it's going to be problematic. However, the Gemara gives different situations that the, we see the Amoraim they were allowing certain murias based off the reason that the Hachamim gave. Right by cheese as well. I didn't bring it here, but she's as well. The the Rambam let's say is posek. There's many different reasons, but the Rambam is posek because the Barshemami they put the a non-kosher uh, rennet into the cheese and therefore it becomes forbidden. So the Rambam brings down stam that ah that only applies to cheese that's made with animal rennet. If it's made with vegetable rennet, then it should be okay because we know the reason. And really that makes sense with what he's saying here. The Rambam we know the reason why. However, the Rambam does bring the shitat geonim. He says in the name of mixat geonim that. Since they made a gezerah, lo plu, we don't make a difference. It's not so clear what Maran holds, uh, sorry, what the, the Rambam holds. Everybody wants to say that Rambam for sure goes like the Geonim. I have some proofs if you want, you can text me later privately, why it's not so clear like that. But you see, there are these rules, these, these concepts where Hachamim gave us the reason, we know the reason, and therefore we can kind of manipulate it based off the reason. Behemad Israel, another example. We have animals in Eris Israel. you're not allowed to raise uh, small animals, small uh, animals, for example, like small goats and sheep, etc., in Eretz Yisrael. Um, however, you're allowed to do it outside of Eretz Yisrael, etc. And the Mishnah Torah, he brings it down, Halakha say you're not allowed to do these things in Eretz Yisrael, right? And it's the reason it's, it's Asur, because they're going to come and do damage. Shizika, Firu, Ligrom, and right? You're causing damage, which is even forbidden. So, therefore, you're not allowed to do it. Shuchan Aruch, you open up Maran Shuchan Aruch, what does he say? That's the halacha, but then he brings down He says, nowadays, in the time when Maran was living in Sfat, Jewish people don't have fields. They didn't own any fields. So therefore, it seems it's okay. So again, you see, Maran is posek, but tell, the reason is not no longer practiced or applicable. So therefore, we could be lenient in a certain way. Right? Uh, it's actually a famous machloket behind this, even nowadays. What about nowadays, where the Jews took back Eretz Yisrael, right? Celebrating after Yom Atzmaut. We have Eretz Yisrael now, and we Jews do have fields. So now, does do we have to be machmir? Or can you say, no, I follow Maran. So Maran, Rav Uvadi actually has a big machloket with this in Rav Petzah Frank, 
where Maran say, Rav Wadia says, no, the, the Gezera was always there. It just you know, didn't apply in this case, but now it applies. So therefore, we have to follow it. Where other post-game, Rav Frank was saying, no, we still don't have to follow this. We still can be Mekel. Fine. Talit um, Pishtan, the Rosh. The Rosh came and he saw, he went to Sfarad and he was shocked how people wearing Tzitzit out of Pishtan. According to the, the Rosh, it's a whole machloket. They hold that uh, you're not allowed to have Tzitzit on Pishtan because maybe you're going to have, you're going to put Techelet uh, uh, and Techelet has to be with wool and therefore you can come to have Sha'anez in certain situations so it's not okay. However, he says, Perhaps the law shaykh lid muto le davarshin e sabivinyan, the in law heter ela aliade bedinagadol mimenu, the homavinyan, the caven shetama isur yadua in it paratam batela isur mimela. So this is fundamental in the shita de roch. He's saying it was a, it's a davarsha bibinyan. However, since the reason is known, therefore, if the reason doesn't apply anymore, we could be lenient. So the roch now is saying something fascinating. When we know the reason of the gezerah of the bedin, we can actually manipulate it in certain situations. And since nowadays we don't have techelet, says the Rosh, okay, they can wear these tzitzit made out of linen. So fundamental sheet of the Rosh. This is, okay, good stuff now. Halachot um, of the main Sheva. We know on Motzei Shabbat, sorry if you guys don't mind a couple more minutes. Just gonna, yeah, a couple more minutes. So the Beracha of Me'en Sheva. After Shabbat, Hachamim were mitaken, sorry, on, on Shabbat night, after we do the Amidah, we have another mini Amidah called the Me'en Sheva, which is a little concise form of the regular Shemunas or the Amidah that we do. Says the Tur, he says, in the name of the Bala'i Tur, in the name of Rabbeinu Nisim, Shekeshahal b'Shabbat en Omer Beracha Me'en Sheva, Shenitkana b'Shvira Me'aharim, Be'Bet Knesset. Sorry, because the people that are delayed in the Bet Knesset, Shelo Zikum, so they don't get damaged. So he says, on Pesach night, try to remember what you guys did this year, because it happened this year, Friday night was on Pesach, Pesach was Friday night, Shabbat fell on Pesach, and did you guys do the Me'en Sheva? So according to the tour, and the Shulchan Aruch, we're going to see, it's posek like this, the En Omrim Be'ikat Me'en Sheva, so Maran Shulchan Aruch, he says, since Pesach, is the night Lel Shimurim. We're guarded from any bad things from happening to us. And the only reason why we have to do Main Sheva was because people would come late to Shul. And if they come late, they're going to have to go back home by themselves very late. And maybe Shedim or other types of things are going to come and, and harm them. Or let's say Lefi the Rambam, Ganavim, thieves, etc. are going to come and, and hurt them and harm them. So therefore, how uh, you don't have to sit on Pesach night because we're guarded. Hashem protects us on that night. So according to Maran, you see again, Batel Tam, this was a Takana. You have to do Main Sheva. But since it doesn't apply on Lel Pesach, you don't have to do it anymore. Maran also is Pesach. I didn't bring it here. But in the, in the, in a bit Knesset of mourners, when, in a, sorry, in a house of mourners, when you go to their house, you don't do the Main Sheva as well because it was only Metakin in a real bit Knesset. Let's say if you're doing a Minyan, you know, you're just doing a, a Friday night minyan in your house. According to Maran, you don't do the main sheva because they only made the takana in the Beit Knesset. That could be different because maybe that actually is the rule. They only made it in the Beit Knesset and on other places as well. But however, on Pesach night, he says, since it's already, we're protected on that night, we don't have to do it. So the Rambam, famous Right nowadays, everybody knows how to pray. The only reason why Hahamim were mitaken to do the Hazrat Ashat is because perhaps people didn't know how to pray. 
And therefore, he says, nowadays, everybody knows how to pray, so therefore, perhaps, we don't have to do the Hazrat Hashas anymore. Says, no. Uh, and don't and, and people wanted the person asking him said maybe it's a bit because since everybody knows how to pray and and the shleach sibur is doing the whole the hazara and nobody needs to do it it's a bit so he says no even though nobody is using the reason behind what hahamim were metaken which means everybody knows how to pray just like they made the kiddush in beit knesset. Right, there's another halakha in the Gemara. We don't do it nowadays. I don't think maybe Spanish, Portuguese, I don't know. But Friday night, you're supposed to do Kiddush in the Beit Knesset because of the guests that are there. There used to be guests staying in the Beit Knesset. There was a special room for them. And therefore, you have to do Kiddush at nighttime as well for them. And, and he says as well, and just like they did the Hazrat at Tifilat Ma'ariv, Bel Shabbat, we have to do the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Me'en Sheva, which we mentioned before, because of the people that come late to Shul, to Beit Knesset. And he says, All these things I just told you, the three things, you're going to be obligated to do them constantly. Because why? Even if there was nobody there uh, originally, you still have to do it. Right? Which means, the, uh, uh, for, the, for the Me'en Sheva, Michila, the Me'en Sheva, that you only have to do it for the people who come late. You don't have to do it even if there was nobody who came late. That's what he's saying. Says the Rambam, you have to do it constantly, always, no matter what. Even if the reason doesn't apply. Why? This is fundamental. We're going to see soon for Rav Yosef Mishash. Perhaps one in, a, in the near future, sometime or even now, there could be a situation where the original reason does apply. Says the Rambam, you have to follow all the reasons. You have to do everything that they said, even if it doesn't apply, because perhaps the reason is going to, it, it's going to actually apply. There's going to be a situation where you're in, it's going to have to apply again. Another tissue of the Rambam, they ask the Rambam, uh, the Magen Avot, the main Sheva that we do after the Amida. He says, nowadays, why do we do it? Somebody ask him again, why do we do it? Nobody is staying in the Beit Knesset anymore. Or, no, sorry, nobody's coming late to the Beit Knesset anymore. And therefore, it could be a Beracha Levatela. So he says the Rambam, this is very interesting. We shouldn't undo the Minhag, the, this, this, this Takana, because it already was accepted amongst all Jewish people. Right? If we're going to undo it, there's going to be a Machloket. So here the Rambam sounds like, technically you could, but because we don't want a machloka to happen, therefore we uh, do not we do not uh, promote undoing this concept. Shulchan Aruch, he's posek. Interesting, we said the Rambam holds, you have to do Kiddush every Friday night. You have a Rambam Shul, Beit Knesset, Friday night, you must do Kiddush in the Beit Knesset, even if there's no Orchim. Shulchan Aruch is posek. I'm just going to underline here, the highlighted. He held better not to do the Kiddush in the Beit Knesset. Rav Yosef Mishash. Rav Yosef Mishash has a fascinating Teshuvah. This is a famous um, theme, motive that he has throughout all his Teshuvot, about Batatam, Batat Gezerah. And here they ask him about, do we have to do Hazara nowadays? So he says, if you look very well in the Teshuvah, the Rambam, he says, Shema, he says, he has a different Gersai. He says, Gezerah Shema Yesham, Oto Adavash Nitkana Bishvilo. 
the same words that we highlighted above. Perhaps Perhaps there's going to be another situation that comes up where you're going to have to do it. So he says, So it says, Rav Yosef Meshash, you see that according to Rambam, you only have to follow things where there is a chance where it can happen or the, where the original reason is still effective. He says, if we know for sure that original reason is not going to apply anymore, you do not have to do it anymore. Then we say, right? And he brings a beautiful proof Maran in the Shulchan Aruch, because Maran Shulchan Aruch, he just said, regarding the Kiddush and Beit Knesset, since nowadays, Nobody is going to the Beit Knesset anymore or sleeping in the Beit Knesset at nighttime. Therefore, Maran said, you don't have to do it. So he wants to say that in Maran's time, it was different than the Rambam's time. Because in the Maran's time, that's it. People had guest house just for them. Nobody ever sleeps in Beit Knesset anymore because they have hotels and they have, Bate Knesset, they have guest house. So therefore, Maran was posek, batel tam, batel gezera. So therefore, he says, um, therefore, in this case as well. So therefore, you do not have to do the, the Kiddush on Friday night in the Beit Knesset. However, regarding Tefillah, However, for Tefillah, in the time of Maran, there were still people that were not so fluent in it. And therefore, he was posek that you have to do the Hazrat Hashat. However, now, if you read the the the, the, the of the Rambam of Rabbi Yosef Meshash, he brings for many reasons nowadays why it doesn't apply. Even the Hazara, nobody needs to do it anymore. Nobody, uh, we don't have to do the Hazara shots anymore. He's actually posek in his Knesset, in his community. There's no Hazara shots because nobody nowadays either everybody knows how to pray or you have sidurim, you have other things that you have, and therefore you don't need to have the concept of Hazara shots. So. Uh, uh, when I was looking at this, it's surprising because you think Rav Yosef Meshash is like, you know, it's only Rav Yosef Meshash. But then I found this Teshuvah of Avraham Arbel where he's one of the main Talmudim of Rav Ubadi Yosef. And he actually is posek. He says, We shouldn't do it nowadays. Everybody knows the Tefillah. And even if there are some people that aren't Bikiim, it's a miuta de miuta. It's such a small amount, and therefore it's already batel. And therefore we say batel takana. And therefore you only in only in that shul, in the place where you have people that don't know, let's say pretty much in like a kiruv bit kenesit, then you could do the hazara. In other places, no. So and then also he brings down below here, and same thing me'en sheva says Rav Avraham Arbel. He says perhaps nowadays too we should do the me'en sheva. He's actually saying he's posek imken yeshle batla. We should actually stop doing the me'en sheva. So this concept is not only unique to Rabbi Yosef Meshash. So there's a Rab Moshe here that I brought down. It's a little interesting. He says that, um, okay, because I just said, he says that if we have a Gezerah, but since all the Hachamim know that we can't keep it anymore, therefore it's as if it's not Poshet anymore, and it's as if the, all the Hachamim in a generation are Mivatel, that type of uh, that Gezerah, and therefore it becomes okay. And that's regarding the singing or the uh, clapping and making music on Shabbat, etc. He uses this as a very interesting stiflakel. It's hard to read. It's in the Rambam and other shitot. But that is a mandamra. Of course, it's Rav, Yosef, Rav Moshe Feinstein. Fine. We'll end here. So, Bikitsu, you see that you have uh, 
you know, it's not Pashut. Uh, uh, it's like uh, Avi said, we're just laying the, the groundwork for this. And, and these are just basics. There's so many different Shitot. Seemingly, I think Hamovadi Yosef, the Pre-Hadash as well, they, are, they do hold that Maran Shulchan Aruch is Posek Batel Tam, Batel Gezerah. Again, we don't mean Batel Tam completely, or Batel uh, Gezerah completely. It just it doesn't apply in certain situations. And perhaps, you know, the Rambam could hold like that as well. Uh, even though he says, even if the time is Batel, we do not uh, stop keeping it. However, we saw many cases from the Gemara that the Gezerah only applied in certain situations. So therefore, the Rambam would apply that as well. And then we have the Shita of Yosef Meshash, is that once the, from the Teshuvah, the Rambam, you saw it clearly, and he brings the Rambam as a proof, is that once the reason doesn't apply at all, then it is Batel. Only when there is a concern where it may still apply, you no longer, so you still have to follow that Takana or Gezerah. But if it's completely nullified, which means there's no reason for that Gezerah anymore, then even Rav Yosef Meshash says that you don't have to follow that Takana or Gezerah anymore. Thank you, Rav. That was unbelievable. Um, definitely a resource. Hopefully, we can you can share the, the source yeah. sheet with us, and we can keep uh, going back to it. Um, could, do you have time for questions? Sure. Anyone wants to raise their hand or just uh, unmute? Um, ben, would you like to go? Yeah. Sorry. Um, thank you very much. I apologize, it might be a bit of a long-winded question. Um, but uh, I was trying to think of um, some kind of uh, paradigm or some kind of reason where you can get kind of an idea that a gazira can be limited to the context in which it's given. So I was thinking of the idea of um, a gazira only being forbidden like with the case of the Safina and Bayardin and, and, you know, specifically a gazira is limited to its context. So, it, so the first Part of the question is, is there room to say that therefore all Gezerot are, are limited to uh, very specific circumstances and, and from there you can get possibly some kind of um, precedent to say it from the Gemara itself um, to say that in a, in a place where there are no, let's say, Nechashim, then Mayim uh, Guluyim is no longer an issue. That's like the first part of that. And the second is within uh, the opinion of Harambam, it seems to be just from what I've seen that there are um, times where he he is posek, uh only Kama'a and times where he's Posek um, to include other cases uh, as well as that. Um, so, for example, he talks about the, the that case specifically with the Safina and the and the, the Kazayat of a dead, body, a dead body that was inside the boat. So there he extends it to all the other cases, not Kama'a Seshaya. So he says you can't throw it from one side to the other. You can't pass them across the water, even not in a boat. But there are other cases where he talks about, for example, carrying... Um, uh, if you're carrying one of the Durabanan, if you're carrying a Chavit um, of Kodesh in one hand and then Midras Tuma in, in the other, then he says that is Asur, but only Kamasa Shaya. So within the opinion of Arambam, is there is uh, you know what's his um, what's his working theory in terms of whether you are Posek Kamasa Shaya or not? It's a good question. Uh, I know those those Masa Shaya that's straight from the Gemara, so he's Posek like the Gemara. But as we saw here, that the, the Gemara sometimes, you know, gives it gives Amoraim that were being mekel because they knew the time of the Gezerah. From it seems like it could be like maybe he, there's no real machloket, you know, that even he agrees with the Rosh and that once if we know the time right away, then the Chachamim can actually apply that reasoning. However, things that are not there are many the the post can bring down many cases that still apply no matter what. 
um, for example, doing Avodan, uh, working on Erev Pesach, that Hachamim said you're not supposed to, you're not allowed to do. So he, the posting bring down that still does apply nowadays. Um, so therefore, we, it's, I don't know, I can't get, I wish I could give you a clear case. Um, if you want, let's be in touch and we can, uh, I would love to see, go, I know it sounds like you, you are very knowledgeable and you can give me a lot of more cases as well. So we can work on those together one-on-one. But uh, I wish I had more clarity as well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, No, uh, Gary? Right, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. That, that was a really interesting show. Lots of cases there. Um, having studied um, particularly uh, a lot of this of the Heter, um, one of the things that came out, I don't want to go back into the whole cheese thing because I know that we, we've covered this, but when it comes to cheese, there's certain positions. That the position is when you look at, if you look at Rav Magid on the position of Rambam, the clear, the clarity is that this is always Devane Sambe Minyan, right? And these are some things we don't. So there's a clear um, hiluk between that opinion and the opinion of, of Rabbeinu Tam on the issue that's lenient in, the, in this case. So I suppose the question is, I know that it's very difficult to navigate when you repeal a Gezerah for the instances of Loshikiyach. Uh, it's something that's not present there. Or a Matsuyas is quite often used. I remember I was looking at Shadnez and looking, because uh, it was in last week's parasha, and then looking looking at Shulchan Aruch, and quite clearly there's a Ha'idna from the Rosh on the basis of, you know, these days we don't worry about the Gezerah of yeah, using silk own. because it looks like linen and so on and so forth. I suppose the question I'm asking is, when we're strict on something, is it simply because Maran is prosect that way and it carries through, so we have all these kind of issues, with, particularly with cheese, because that's a very interesting one. Um, because clearly cheese could be cheese could be couched in the entire narrative of we no longer make cheese with the with the um, with the rennet with uh, of that's used for avodazara. So then why then apply that to cases where we know for a fact, even when you can see that the cheese is made with a coagulant which is from a vegetarian source, but it's clearly evident to you that that's the case. Why would we still be osed? And the reason is. At least the Ramban says that Paul Gvinot, so then Lopluk, as you said in your Shior actually. Yeah. So I guess how do you navigate this? How do you navigate that sometimes it's possible because a Matsui or Loshikiach or whatever it is, how do they, are there any kind of implementation that one can use to repeal this stuff? You clearly have to be very careful. So yeah. how would you posit an answer to that? And I know that's a very difficult question. Yeah, yeah, you guys are getting me today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I should just hang up. That's uh, the end. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, listen, I mean, that's why I brought that was, you know, the Muryas, which was in the same Mishnah of the Givinah. You see, the Ramam straight up is telling you that it's okay, in, and the Gemara is telling you straight up it's okay in certain situations. And by Givinah as well, the Givinah, the Gemara says, oh, if it's Mishum this, then if Mishum Nechashim or whatever, then Nipur. Then it's going to be okay because you know you can age the cheese, and we have a misura that cheese that's aged is not a problem. So the Rambam, I, I personally believe, I wrote a response on it. I have to send it to Sina, I think, because I heard in I heard in London is a big thing with the cheeses there. Um, so I, I personally think the Haraman was not going with the mixed Geonim, and he was saying that it's it's really okay. It's only vegetable, uh, only uh, mamash with the animal rennet is okay, and. And for sure, microbial management and all these things would be okay as well. But uh, it, it's very hard to navigate, and it's very it's it's very dangerous. You know, I'm only comfortable 
speaking with Abura about these things because, uh, you know, the, the, uh, this is how conservative Judaism probably starts here, using all these things and just being make a left and right, left and right, left and right. But you see here, there's presidents from all these, uh, you know, these <laughs> these are all Rishonim, Maran Shulchanayuch as well. They're all using these things as being mekel. There's quite, I still, I don't have an answer why Maran is, you know, how to navigate, like you, you said, how to navigate, from, why Maran sometimes is mekel, sometimes is not mekel. And I was reading in the past day, of different issue what, and Bemet, everybody's lost. <laughs> Nobody really knows the answer. It's very confusing. I don't know. <laughs> Rav Yosef Meshash is the only one that tells you straight up, but he is pretty much saying, now everything becomes okay. Stam Yenam is okay. He even goes so far to say, Eruv Hatserod. Nowadays, since Shlomo HaMelech said, you know, the whole reason of the of Eruv is because of, maybe you're going to come to Karen Shudra Rabin. He goes so far to say, now in Morocco, he did it in Milam Zehud. He saw people carrying outside in Shudra Rabin. Nobody carries. And nowadays, since we don't have Shudra Rabin, so therefore the whole Gezerah of, 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 of Shlomo HaMelech doesn't apply anymore. You know, he went that far, to go that far. It doesn't apply at all. He brings mm-hmm. down also with Stam Yenam. He allows uh, machia, how do you say, uh, arak, you, that they would put wine in it. He allowed it because he said also there's no avodah nowadays. Lots of these things as well, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's tough. It's very tough. I hear. Thank you. Let's talk about it. Look, yeah, very good. Okay, a question. Um, I realize a lot of the examples given um, they stem from Tosafot, or, or then afterwards they're quoting the Svarat, the Svarat of Tosafot, right? If we yeah. look at um, sort of pre-Tosafot. Um, is there a pattern or trend there? For example, what do the Geonim say about sort of Batel Tam, Batel Gezera? Um, because it seems from then on, then even Maran, it seems, is, is using it quite frequently and, and it doesn't seem to be a clear pattern, as, as you've said. But I'm asking, because the, 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 the examples of Rambam, they seem to be quoting the Gemara. When, when the Gemara qualifies it, then, then he seems comfortable to, to qualify it. But So I'm trying to understand, is, is there... Um, sort of a pattern mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it's a good question. It's true because Maran is really, he is from the school of the Balatosfot as well. He's a, he's a mix of everybody. So he has that Rambam there, he has that Balatosfot, and he is using the Balatosfot. So yeah, right. For nowadays, the people that follow the Shulchan Aruch, you know, they would go with that uh, approach, and that's for sure Rav Yosef Mishash is going with. But Rav Yosef Mishash did bring a proof, the Rambam, from that one Teshuvah we have. I don't, I didn't do enough studies in it, but I would love if anybody can find any Teshuvot of the Rambam or any Teshuvot of the Geonim that have any implications about these things, that would be great. I mean, um, I, I know like for even the Yemen, they didn't they didn't accept certain Gezerot as well. Um, I think they were always Mekel with uh, Patakum. Rav Kappa has a few things that they were very Mekel with. I'm not sure the reasons I have to go through it again. But uh, yeah, I, I don't have enough experience in seeing stuff with the Geonim did. Uh, all I, the only thing I saw was from the Teshuvah of the Rambam, but I know there's two sides of the Rambam. You have the Rambam in the Yad Hazaka, and then you have the Rambam in the in the Teshuvot. And in the Teshuvot, he has much, you know, a little more flexible in certain things. So it could be there. We can find some more things. So together with Zatashem, we should find uh, more examples and, and definitely study into this much more. You're right. What we're saying mostly is uh, definitely a, the Balet Tosafot in Rosh, and the, as uh, Faur would say, the Entai Mamadinian. <laughs> for scheme there so we don't know about the other side we have to find more about this definitely Sarih even more research is needed in the side of the Rambam as a very good question so so far I'm, I think I'm zero for three right okay good <laughs> thank you so so much um, yeah I think that's there's no more questions um, and 
for, for Wednesday. Looking forward to Wednesday, we have Professor Tzvi Langerman. We're talking about Yemen. I think that, that we'll be focusing on the Chachamim of Yemen. Um, and who's an expert in this field, so I'm sure that will be that will be uh, very exciting, and um, it's a privilege to hear from him. B, we look forward to having you again, as always, um, and I think this will spark a lot of discussion, I'm sure, in the groups. Um, and uh, yeah, let's keep the conversation going. Everybody, feel free to to ask questions on the Discord or on the WhatsApp, um, and get in touch if you're not on the WhatsApp discussions and you want to be. Um, and we'll we look forward to seeing you all on Wednesday. Thank you, Chacham. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And great questions. And look, see you then. Yeah. Have a lovely day. Gary has a question or the hand. Is on? Okay. No, okay. no sorry. <laughs> Alrighty.